Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. That was good. So we're starting a new series, and let me check. It's called Christmas Playlist. That's what it's called. It's called Christmas Playlist. How many, how many have a playlist? Do you have any playlists? What, what playlist do you have, Julie? Music. What do you name them? What do you call them? Worship? I'm afraid I don't have an answer to that. Oh, sorry. Dance party? Woo! It's good. Anybody else? You got a playlist? You got playlists? Yeah. How many phone? You don't have playlists? I mean, how many have how many have like an iPhone or a phone, a thing that you, you listen to music with? You do that? You got a you got a playlist? What do you what, what do we go to you got? What do you call your playlist? Glory to God playlist? That's a good one. That's a good one. Anybody else? I, my playlist, I got one that's called Chill. Just chill. It's got all my favorite chill songs in it. It's got like, dancing in the moonlight. Everybody's. I just love that song. It's a great song. Folks want to chill? Then I, I've, got, I've got Drive is when I want to drive. When I said, let's go. And I just crank that one out. You know. Girl, you really got me. And my foot just starts to go down on the pedal. Born to be wild. It's just like so much fun, you know. Then I got Saturday, Saturday afternoon in the summer. That's what my playlist is called. Saturday, I just put that one on. It's just kind of all chill stuff, too. And I got one called Bump. Boom, boom. It's just some more current music, you know, because I'm kind of old, stuck in the 70s, you know. And it's, so anyway, just, you know, there's, there's playlists in the Bible. We're going to talk about some playlists in the Bible. You know, you know a lot of songs uh, have backstories. Do you know they have backstories? They got reasons why they were written, a backstory. So I looked up a couple. And uh, the one that uh, came up right as number one with the backstory was uh, Michael Jackson and Billie Jean. You Billie Jean? Boom, 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 boom. Billie Jean is not my lover. I can't dance like him, but... But that was a serious song that he wrote because Billie Jean was someone who uh, just harassed him and messed with him and said that, you know, my child is your child and, and just would not leave this guy alone no matter what. And she actually sent him a gun in the mail, said, you're such a dog, you should kill yourself, and just tormented him all the time. So he wrote this song about this, you know, this crazy person won't leave me alone, you know. So anyway, that's the, how many just, that's good to know that. more people on this side were thankful for that. so and then another let it be you know let it be let it be let it be let it be oh let it be whisper words of wisdom let it be when i find myself in times of trouble mother mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom let it be that's good, eh, Violet? Anyway, that was Paul McCartney. Mother Mary wasn't like, uh, you know, Mary, Catholic Church Mary. It was his mom. It was his mom. He, he was going through a difficult time. The band shake up all this stuff and got into alcohol and drugs. All that was just really kind of distraught. And one night he went to bed and he had a, a dream. And in that dream, his mother came to him very, very clearly. He said, it was so clear. She was clear, face clear, and she spoke to me. And she said, Paul, 
Let it be. Just let it be. Everything's going to be okay. Just let it be. Interesting, eh? All right, that was good. All right, so uh, also Amazing Grace. You remember Amazing Grace has a backstory, right? Amazing Grace, you remember Amazing Grace? That was uh, John Newton. John Newton, he was a, he was, actually his mother was a strong believer, but she died when he was seven. His dad was a dog, and uh, his dad was a sailor, and he ended up going sailing too, and he became a captain of a ship, and he was running slaves back and forth from Africa, and uh, turned out to be just a nasty, nasty man, but one time they were actually running, it wasn't slaves, but it was a ship full of goods, and they hit such a nasty storm, they all despaired for their life, and he just tied himself to the mast. He said everything was gone. It was just a mess. He tied himself to the mast and he cried out, God, I mean, if you're there, you can bring me through this. I mean, I will change my life. And, and he really did. And, and years later, he actually changed his life, went into theological studies and became a, a leader in the church. And he wrote the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm fine. I was blind but now I see. And he couldn't believe that God's grace would penetrate down to such a low life like him. But aren't you glad that God's grace penetrates so deep and in every situation? So that was him. And then you remember It Is Well With My Soul? That was written by Horatio Gates Spafford. He was a businessman in Chicago. And in the Chicago fire, he was a good friend of D.L. Moody as well. But in the Chicago fire, he lost everything. Lost everything. Nasty fire, the Chicago fire. So he, he lost everything in that fire. And so he said, you know what? Let's go over to the UK. And D.L.'s doing some meetings over there. Let's go see him. I'm going to wrap up some things here. And he sent his wife and his four daughters ahead of him on a ship. And uh, then his, his wife, uh, she reached... Uh, Ireland and she was rescued the ship went down the four daughters were lost at sea and the wife said only I only I have been saved and two weeks later he's on a ship and he's on his way back over to the UK uh, and his the captains called him and said look this is you know the latitude the longitude it's this area this is where the ship that went down with your family and he went out on the deck and at the edge of the deck he wrote the song and he said he said, when peace like a river attendeth my soul, when billows like, how's the rest of that go? When sorrows like sea billows roar. And he said, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know, sometimes tragedies like that, that's not God. God's got nothing to do with that. But you know, in the midst of that, you gotta just say, Lord, I trust you. And that's why he wrote that song. So, uh, Joy to the World, we sang, we sang it last night, Joy to the World. Don't think we sang it today, but, but I love that. That's my favorite Christmas carol, Joy to the World. I especially love the part of the verse where it says, uh, he makes his blessings known as far as the curse is found. You know, Jesus came so that wherever the curse is, wherever there's a manifestation of darkness, wherever there's a manifestation of the enemy, wherever there's a manifestation that's not kingdom, it's not God, he makes his blessings known as far as the curse is found. His blessings penetrate every place. And that's why you want to say, joy to the world, the Lord is come. But this guy, Isaac Watts, is the guy who wrote it, and he was a genius. I mean, he had learned four languages by the time he was nine, like one of them Latin and a few other languages. The guy was brilliant, but he was also incredibly artistic and wrote many, many things and wrote many hymns and many things, and one of them was this joy to the world. But now this is Elizabeth Singer. Elizabeth Singer fell in love with him just through his writings and just through correspondence and sight unseen. She's like, this guy is awesome. You're my man. You know, I want you to be my husband. And then she came and she saw him, and here's what she said. He's only five feet tall with a shallow face, a hooked nose, prominent cheekbones, small eyes, and a death-like color. I admire 
admired the jewel, but not the casket it contained, that contained it. That's what she said. And she turned around and went home. I mean, poor Isaac Watts. I mean, how awful is that? You know, beauty is only skin deep, but ugly is right to the bone. Anyways, but, <laughs> but what a horrible thing. But you know what? You can't be a genius and good looking all at the same time. I know I've successfully done it, but <laughs> Sarah, which part of that didn't you get? The good looking or the genius? <laughs> Both. Okay, that was good. All right, so that's, that's some backstory. But there's songs in the Bible. There's songs at Christmas. There's actually Christmas songs in the Christmas story. And so we're going to talk about those Christmas songs. And here's one of them. It's called the Benedictus or a Zachariah song. It's the blessing. It's the blessing of the Lord song. And Zachariah, who was John the Baptist's father, he sang this song. It's in Luke chapter 1. If you got your Bibles, if you got your phone, if you got something that has the Bible on it, I need you to get into chapter 1 of Luke. I'm not going to put all of the scriptures on the board today so I want you to follow along and see what God's going to say to you today in this story so here's the song it starts in verse 68 Luke 1 verse 68 it said blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people he has raised up the horn the power the horn the authority of his salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets from old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us that's a good song isn't it he's redeemed us he set us free he's ransomed us he saved us from all of this and he spoke and to verse 72 to show the mercy promised to our fathers to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to his father abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life see there's a holiness there's a righteousness that comes from god god has come and he's brought us his holiness and his righteousness i mean jesus wasn't even born yet but he's prophesying that this is what will happen it's done it's a done deal God has remembered us and he's remembered his covenant toward us he's destroyed all of our enemies and he's brought us into righteousness and holiness and rightness with him what a great song what a great song and you, child, this is about his own son, John. He says, and you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High, and you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give the knowledge of salvation to his people and the knowledge of the forgiveness of sin. Salvation and your sins are forgiven because of, and why? Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen. What a great song, and, and it is a hymn. There's many hymn books and things that have got music to it, and it was considered one of the great hymns of the early church, and that is one of the songs on the Christmas playlist. But that has a backstory. That writer, Zachariah, there's a story. There's some things that went on in his life before he wrote that song, and we want to look at the backstory, don't we? All right, good. I'm glad you're here. We're going to look at that. Go, we'll go up, up, go back up in Luke, up at verse 5. It says, In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both, listen to this now, and they were both, listen to this now, and they were both righteous before Pastor Carl. 
Are you reading along? What does it say? They are righteous before God. Now, this is the word of God. This is the word of God speaking about these folks. And this, the word of God says that these people were righteous and they were blameless in the eyes of God. Wowzers. This is old covenant stuff. This is before Jesus. These are people. Look what it says. It says, blameless in all, say all, all the commandments and the statutes of the Lord. Whoa. We're talking some people who, who really lived an excellent life. They really did. Really, really did. But, say but, they had no child. Now, you know, even in our generation, in our lives, this is difficult for people when you're, you want to have children. There's difficulties. But in their culture, if you did not have a child, it meant that you were cursed. And you were cursed by God. And because in their culture, a woman's primary role is to, is to have children. If you weren't able to bring forth children, there was something wrong in your family. Literally, if you said, invited a few ladies over for a cup of tea, come on and hang out, let's have some tea, spend a little time, you know, let's make some knickknacks for Christmas, they'd say, thanks, but I got other things to do. Because they don't want to be even under the roof with you. It's the other people will judge what's going on in your life, and they'll attach something to it. They'll attach something to you. They'll attach shame or some other crazy thing. Aren't people nasty? <laughs> Chocolate, that was a little too bold there with the yes. <laughs> but they can be. But you know, what did it say? It said righteous and blameless in the eyes of God and all the commandments and all the statutes of the Lord. I mean, these people were doing some really, really good living, and yet there was no results in their life. They had an empty home. How you doing? This is the backstory of the fellow who wrote that song. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both, listen to this now, they were both advanced in years. Does anybody know what advanced in years means? Seasoned? <laughs> wise? Okay, wise. Very kind. <laughs> anybody else? Old. Exactly. They were old folks. You know, m mature? It's not in your vocabulary. I know you guys, you're fresh as a daisy. So it's, it's awesome. But they were, they were old. They were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as a priest before God, his division was on duty. Every two weeks, you had to give service if you were in the priesthood. Two weeks of every year, if you were part of the Levitical line, and they were, both of them, Two times a year, you had to give two weeks to serve the temple, and it was his time to serve. So his division was on duty. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, if we just said everything here in the church is done, we're going to break it up into 52 years, and it falls on you, it's your time. So instead of asking for volunteers, we're just going to send you letters in 2019, and we're assigning you tasks. You're on. How many want to do nursery? We need more hands than that. How many want to do nursery? Let's pray. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I went to a church in the States, and they sent a letter in the mail, and it had the schedule for us doing nursery. Now, we were at a Bible school, and my wife worked every weekend. She, she was the chef in the kitchen at the Bible school on the weekend, so it was just me. And so they sent me a letter, said, you got kids, so you're on the list. I went, oh, no, I'm terrible at nursery. Oh, it doesn't matter. You're on. You know, back then, they didn't do police checks or nothing. They just let anybody. If you got a kid, they sent the schedule. Had when I was on, it was terrible. 
But because I was so terrible, I paid students from the Bible school to come with me to do nursery. So I mean, this is a big, big church, but you know, they had people they didn't even know would come with me to take care of the kids, and it was no big deal. We were so trusting back then, weren't we? But now you have to have fingerprints, a retina test, you have to have all kinds of stuff before you can even, you know, breathe these days. But it's important. It's important stuff. Isn't it, Judy? It's important stuff. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Judy holds that insurance for us. Not personally, but almost. But she takes care of all that, so she knows you got to do that stuff, Pastor. Don't let me know you're not. Amen. But it was their time to serve, and there he was. He was serving. And then in that group of people, out of the whole group of people serving, they would draw lots. They would, you know, they would, you know, pull, they'd get a hundred straws, and there's one long one, and whoever got the long one, you know, they got to go in to the holy place, and they got to burn incense. And like, this might be once in a lifetime that you ever got to do this, but on this day, on this specific day, the lot fell on him to go burn incense. All right, you with me? Okay, so he's chosen to go in, and boom, verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside because he went in, chosen by lots, to go burn incense. Everybody, whole multitude, say whole multitude. Whole multitudes outside, the people were praying outside. He's burning incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, death, doom, and destruction. No, actually, the angel said, do not be afraid. That's good, Amen. It's good. Everywhere you see the angels, they're always right away saying, don't be afraid. It's okay. Fear not. All right. Fear not. Fear not. So they said, fear not, said the angel to them. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Let me say it to you. Your prayer has been heard. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> I mean, isn't that good right there? What's he praying for? Praying for a baby. Praying for a breakthrough. Praying, oh God, my house is empty. I got no one to carry on our line. My wife feels like a loser. God, your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb and he will turn many children to Israel back to the Lord their God and he will go before him in spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children to the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, are you kidding me? I mean, we're, we're old folk now. I mean, we're way past this. You're like 25 years too late. I mean, man, we're well advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Hello. Wherever there's lack, wherever there's a, a lack of a manifestation of the goodness of God in your life, I'm here to tell you right now, your prayers have been heard. And God Almighty is ready to invade your situation and bring the blessing into full expression in your life. Can I get a hallelujah? Thank you, thank you. All right. Look what he said now. Verse Proverbs 13, verse 12, just a little, little sideways here. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
You know, I know, I know when you're hoping for, I've been hoping for some stuff. You know, I go over there to India and they say, all the prophetic words you spoke over us, they've been fulfilled. And I'm like, well, that's really sad. We got to speak some bigger things then. We got to declare some bigger stuff. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy that I can say, you said this stuff and it's come to pass, so you don't have to stone me. I actually uh, was a good prophet. But it's a sad thing when everything's fulfilled. I got hopes and dreams. Anybody got hopes and dreams? Anybody been believing for more? Anybody expecting more? I'm believing for more. You know, I'm counting the years going, man, I'm, I've been doing this for over 28 years now. Man, we had this building appraised at 2.8 million, and we're looking at other things we can do, and started a Saturday night service, and it was good. We had fun last night, and we just want to reach more people for the gospel, and maybe we should sell this building and get a bigger barn, but because, uh, God, you've spoken some amazing things over our life. I know there's more, but why would we do that? That's risky to do that. I mean, look, we're not even filling this room on Sunday, and there's still room. Maybe it's, and by the besides, I'm 57 now. Had my birthday in India, and had firecrackers and blew stuff up. Almost blew me up. It's crazy. <laughs> we gotta think about handing this off to somebody. I'm gonna take a big risk. What to hand it off to who? Ah, uh, let's just camp around here. Let's ride it out. Hey, let's just settle down. Hey, pardon me. Look, it's my story, Jack, all right? <laughs> it's easy to fall into those things. It's easy to get complacent. It's easy to feel like hope deferred makes the hope, an expectation of good deferred, protracted, drawn out, delayed, sick, worn down in strength, sick, pain, wearied. You know, that's, that's where Zachariah was. That's when the, he said, your prayers have been answered. He's like, oh, come on. You know what? I'm exhausted with hanging on. I've been exhausted with believing. I mean, we put up with all people's nonsense. They've mocked us, scorned us. And I, you know what? I'm used to it now. Don't even get my hopes up. Hello. Are you guys okay? We're going bigger. We're going for more. I went this week and saw somebody who's doing drawings in a building that's 30,000 square feet on one level, just checking it out, just thinking, just dreaming. An architect doing drawings anyways. Why not just keep dreaming? Why not keep expecting doing something bigger? You know, so just thought I'd let you know that. That's newsflash. The drawings will be ready next Monday. Anyways, just, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let anybody steal my dreams or shatter my hopes. You know, if the Lord said it, he's gonna do it, right? I don't care how many people go poo-poo on your dreams. So what? Not going to be turned back from what God said. Hello. Well, that's what happened with these folks. That was their story. So Luke 1, verse 20. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. See what happened to him? Because he wouldn't believe the word of the Lord, he was mute and he was deaf cannot speak a thing. Why? Because that's how faith works. And you see, when you manifest unbelief and you talk against what God's spoken in your life, I mean, generally it just means that the, it's not going to come forth in your life because you've, you know, it says, what is the one sin that they committed that caused them not to enter into the promise? It was the sin, not sins, it was the sins, singular, of unbelief. 
And unbelief, that's the only one thing that God can't overcome. You got to believe. He is the rewarder of those who seek him. He rewards faith. You got to have faith. But clearly this guy was already speaking doubt and fear and unbelief over the purpose of God. But the purpose of God in their life was so substantial. He said, I'm going to shut you up because I'm not going to let you even speak a negative thing over what I'm going to do in your life. You know, thank God when he's so committed to his purpose in your life, he literally shuts you up so you can't thwart or be negative towards it. Isn't that good? If I see you someday going, I know what's going on. God's so committed to, you know, his dream in your life that he's not going to let you speak against it. Glory to God. We got a a confession of faith back there. Hallelujah. I will not be silent. I will not. But right there, bang, boom, what's it say? It says in Mark 4, 24, consider carefully what you hear. You know, when you hear the word of the Lord, I mean, consider it. I mean, be careful of how you're hearing the word. Hear the word with faith because that word from God is powerful. And you know, if you don't mix it with faith and believe the word of God, it's not that God doesn't want to do it. It's that you spoke fear, doubt, and unbelief over the thing. The thing. That's why when they were walking around Jericho, he said, be quiet. And you go down there, walk around Jericho and shut up. Pastor, don't say that. It's in the Bible. So is stupid. Anyways, so they're walking around. They're walking around there. And why is he saying don't speak? Because the whole time they're going, this is dumb. This is a stupid plan. I can't believe we're following him. Where's Moses? Did he really die? He went for a walk. I don't know. Maybe we should find him because this guy. But he said, don't say a thing, because you know what? The only thing I want you to do is on the last day, I just want you to shout, and the walls are going to fall down. And they honored what the Lord said. You know, and this is what happened here. He was, he was shut right up, because you're not going to speak against this. This will come to pass. Mark eleven twenty three. assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, say says. Yes. Whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You will have what you say, for better, for worse. If you say it can't be done, you're right. If you say it can be done, you're right. What do you say about what's in front of you? What do you say about the circumstance? Because the world, the whole world, the smallest particles in the world are voice activated. Everything is voice activated. Luke 1, 21 to 25, let's pick it back up. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they wondered at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them and they realized he'd seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and he remained mute. He remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his house, had some time to meditate and think about this and wait in his silence. And so at that time he said, well, I'm not speaking anything, but you know what? I can act on this thing. God spoke something. We may be old in age, but Elizabeth, here we go. So after a few days, it says that Elizabeth conceived. Can I get an amen? Elizabeth conceived. And uh, I got in my notes. I don't know why I did that, but I got in the notes. They did the wild thing. I don't know what that is. But anyways, I don't think that was necessary to you. All right. Let's roll back the tape. Okay. And, uh, and for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me. Listen to this. To take away my reproach among people. 
Not to take away my reproach among God or my reproach among my, my, my community and my family, my husband, but to remove the approach among people. Because you know what? When you're not able to produce and you're not seeing results and things aren't going the way people might think it should be, you know what? They say nasty stuff to you, don't they? What's wrong with him? I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, my God, you know, you'd think there'd be a manifestation. If there really is an anointing, I mean, my God, you'd think we'd see something going on in his life, you know. Then you go through a difficulty, go through a trouble, and people are so quick to jump on you, talk about you, say stuff about you. Praise God for people. Can I get an amen? But she went through some real difficult stuff, and everybody had an opinion. And she said, thank God he has taken away my reproach from among the people. That's why we're going to be a place that encourages, a place that blesses, a place that does not judge what's going on, does not speak negative things about things. It's not up to me. You don't know what's going on in people's lives or circumstances. You don't know. And you know what? If you're not vitally involved to being a solution or God's called you to get involved, then you should pray and you should be quiet. Amen. That was good, Pastor. Thanks for that. All right. Verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son and her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy for her and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him Zachariah, but after his father, but the mother said, no, he's going to be called John. He's going to be called John. And then they said, there, there's nobody. There's no relatives called John. No one by this name. And they made signs and said, you know, your wife's going to call him John. This is wrong. Don't you want to call him Zachariah, right? I mean, she's loopy. Zachariah, what do you want to do? So they gave him a, a, a tablet and he wrote down and he wrote on the tablet. He said, his name is John. And they all wondered and immediately say immediately. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he spoke blessing of God and fear came upon the neighbors and all these things were talked about throughout the hill country of Judea and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, what then will be of this child for the hand of the Lord was with him and Zechariah wrote a song about the salvation, the deliverance of God, that the light is come, that the darkness is gone, that he's going to redeem us from our enemies, he's going to set us free, he's going to lift us up, exalt us. He's going to bring us into his presence. He's going to give us righteousness and he's going to give us holiness in the sight of God forever. Yeah. Praise God. But Zachariah had to John! John! <laughs> I can talk. This is so awesome. I'm going to write a song. That's the backstory. But you know, the story is that, uh, the story of Christmas is that the light has come. The story of Christmas is that darkness is gone. The story of Christmas is your prayers have been heard and your prayers are answered. The story of Christmas is that God's going to invade the darkness and he's going to bring his light and his glory into every aspect of your life. The story of Christmas is don't doubt, don't fear, don't neglect that word that he's spoken over your life. Stir it back up in your life. Don't let any circumstance or anything, even if you've been waiting a long time, even if it's been hard, you know, here's another part of this story. Here was a guy who was completely righteous before God. I mean, if anybody qualified for blessing, he did. Don't judge people or judge circumstances or judge situations. Everyone in the new covenant, God has made you righteous. God has declared you holy. God has qualified you for every blessing. And there's nothing that can take that from you. Nothing. Don't let anybody stand in your way because it's time. The Lord has heard your prayer and it's time for you to walk in the blessing of God. Can I get an amen? amen? 
Zechariah's song said, the sunrise shall visit us from on high and give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's the good news of Christmas. God has personally invaded all of the darkness in our lives. The Austrian uh, psychologist Carl Jung, he said, those psychiatrists who are not superficial have come to the conclusion that the vast neurotic misery of the world could be termed as a neurosis of emptiness, darkness. Men have cut themselves off from the root of their being from God, and then life turns into empty, inane, meaningless, and without purpose. Don't cut yourself off from God. Don't ever in any way allow yourself in your mind to be distracted from the fact that God is light and there is no darkness at all in him and you are in him and you are in light. Not because you've behaved yourself, but because of God's own choice, he has put you in his light and you are called to walk in the light. Not to walk in it as a, as a, as a qualification for the light, but to walk in it because you're in it. That was a good place to shout amen right there. Because you got to get that. You got to get that. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. It was chaos. It was a complete massive disaster. God had created and it was good. And there was a cataclysmic war in the heavenlies. And all evil had come against the manifestation of God's goodness and grace. And in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of that emptiness, in the midst of complete void, God spoke. And the first word God spoke was, let there be light and light is life and light came and light came and the darkness didn't have a hope or a prayer the light of God completely obliterated all of the darkness boom light and you know what after that he created the sun the moon the stars so it wasn't light like we think of light it was the life of God it was the glory of God it was the light of God that filled the whole universe at one word spoken by God himself and Christmas is all about our light is come Isaiah chapter 9, 2, 6, 7, 9, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And this is all about the coming of Jesus. He said, Friend to us, a child is born and a son is given. And of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. For the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Our light has come. The Spirit of God is going to perform it. There's never going to be a glorious church than a less glorious church. And the, the church is supposed to go from glory to glory to glory to more glory to bigger to better to light. Glory increase everywhere we go. Man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm getting ugly and getting violent about any work of the devil. I don't want it in my life. I don't want it in this church. I don't want it manifest in any way. I want to demonstrate that God is really, really good. I want to see his government and kingdom just blown up in every way. Amen. I don't care what we've seen or what's gone on. I believe that we're going to step into something powerful, so powerful, so big, and the glory of the Lord will fill all the earth as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Three observations about light. One, light confronts darkness. It doesn't cohabitate with darkness. It confronts darkness. It immediately obliterates darkness. Light equals life. If there's no light, there's no life. But Jesus is light. Light doesn't hesitate. Light never holds back. Light rushes into your circumstance and light rushes into everything. It invades it. John 8, verse 12, and Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will walk in light. Because you're in me, because you follow me, me because you're in Christ, you're going to walk in light. It's not walk in light to follow me. It's because you're a follower of Christ, because you've embraced him by faith, you walk and you live in the light. Not only that, but it says, he who follows me will walk in light. And it says, there's no darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. One more verse. I got another verse. Got another verse. Well, 
let's go through, pop, go back to, did I miss one? I did miss one, didn't I? I did. Jesus is the light. <laughs> Jesus or darkness. The world has made, was made for his light. Everyone in the world needs his light. The whole world will be filled with his light. Just, just my own uh, tendencies. I, I hate to miss a slide. Amen. <laughs> John 12, 36. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. Believe in the light. Believe in it. Believe in the light. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. We are the light of the world. You are. You are a light bearer. And we as a church, we are the light of the world in this community, in this neighborhood. And we want the light of God's goodness in this Christmas season to just manifest in every situation, every place. If you've had hopes or dreams that you've believed for and you've been beat down, if you feel like you're in a place of hope deferred makes the heart sick, I want to pray for you today. I don't want you to feel that way. I don't want you to feel like, you know, I've been hanging on for so long and oh, I can hardly take it anymore. It's going to bow our heads right now. Now listen, if, if that's you and you're here going, Pastor, oh, I'm just tired of hoping. I don't know. I hear that and eh, I get a little bit excited, but by the time I'm out the door, I'm just back. I'm back where I was. I want to pray for you right now. If you can say, Pastor, man, I want my faith to be stirred up again. I want you to pray for me. I just want to, I want to confess that I just felt frustrated with my hopes and my dreams. But I'm going to shut my mouth. I don't need an angel to come and shut my mouth. I'm going to shut my mouth. The only thing going to come out of my mouth is I'm going to declare, because it's, it's whatever you say, whatever you say is what you have. I'm going to speak to my mountains. I'm going to speak to my situation. I'm going to stand firm knowing that the Lord has answered my prayer. Now, if that's you today, you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm re-enlisting. I'm re-engaging. I'll tell you, if that's you, just nobody's looking around. It's just you. Just slip up your hand and say, pray for me today, Pastor. Pray for me right now. I want to pray for you right now in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but man, I tell you, I, I entered into 2018, and I tell you, the first few weeks were rocking. I was full of hope and all that. And then I, I ran into a car. I went right through a red light and almost killed a couple people. And I went, what was that? And then, then from there, it was just like stupid things kept happening in my life. My dog died. I mean, it was just, I look back and go, oh my God. I mean, I entered this year with so much hope, and I'm going out of it going, goodbye, cruel world. You know, 2019, I enter into that. I'm saying, you know what? The past is the past. And I'm believing for a preferred future. And I'm believing for great things. I'm dreaming stupid, crazy dreams. I don't know. I might put us out in places where, you know, if God doesn't come through, woe for us. But I believe he's faithful to his word. So let me pray for you because my hands are up. My both hands are up. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, Zechariah was just worn out. He was so beat up by, you know, doing his best and keeping up a, a good face. And, you know, yet down deep in his heart, he was a broken mess. His wife was hurt. His wife was full of pain. You know, they put on a good face. In case they're all, everything's good. Yeehaw, woo-hoo. You know, there was just hanging on, hanging on, hanging on for their dream. Father, sometimes we get in that place where we, you know, the things we see, are so painful. The things we hope to see and don't see are just screaming at us. And then there's people around us that aren't helpful at all. 
But Lord, we want to re-enlist. We want to re-enlist. We want to we say, Lord, we're in. We believe you. And we believe like we are redeemed. We believe the sunrise has come. We believe the light has come. We believe that that light that obliterates all darkness. We believe that what word you spoke over us, it shall not return void. We want to be careful to listen to the word that you've spoken over us. And we believe. We re-enlist. We re-engage. We stir up our faith to believe what you said. And Lord, the things we've made friends with and said, well, I'll just walk quietly in my pain. Not going to do it anymore. You came. You took all my pain. I'm going to push it back on you and I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord and I'm going to walk in the power of God and I'm going to see the goodness of God and I'm going to see your word manifest and I'm going to see every promise fulfilled in Jesus name so let me just say to you the Lord has answered your prayer the Lord has answered your prayer the Lord has answered your prayer and the light of God's glory is shining on your path right now in Jesus name come on I want you to stand up everybody just stand up I got one more thing to do one more thing now listen, if you're here today, you wandered in. I don't know everybody, but if you're here today and you're saying, wow, I need that encounter with Jesus. I need the light in my life. If, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have light. If you have light, you're walking in the light of Jesus. And Jesus is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And if you want to embrace him, you want to say, I want to make Jesus Lord. I want to embrace in this season Jesus as my Savior. If that's you, I'm actually going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. At three, if that's you, just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. And we'll all pray together, all right? But if you don't know him, you want to know him, you want it today, right now, say, I make him the Lord of my life. You ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up very high. Thank you. Anyone else? Put your hand up really high so I can see it anyone else we're all going to pray you ready let's all pray together you lifted your hand just pray this prayer with me all right say lord jesus thank you i receive you right now as my lord and savior i believe that you came and you died for me and that you're risen for me and that you live for me and i am my sins are forgiven and I am healed and I am free so Holy Spirit come testify right now with my spirit that I am a child of God thank you for saving me in Jesus name amen amen now somebody might come chat with you and tap you on the shoulder and because we don't want you to say a prayer we want you to engage a whole process of a relationship with him all right well, let me pray for you. Can I pray for you? Merry Christmas. You're all right? Good, good. Well, Father, we love you. We bless you. Thank you for this great house. Thank you for what you're doing with us. Thank you for the plans and the promises that you have for us. Thank you for the dreams that you poured in our house, in our hearts individually and in our house corporately. And we thank you, Lord, that your word, it shall not return void, but it'll accomplish that for which you sent it. So we return it back to you with boldness and with faith. And we demand and we command that there is increase on our house, increase on our life, and there's breakthrough in Jesus' precious name. So Lord, I bless each one right now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the great love of the Father, the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus, and the partnership of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one now and always in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. So look, the altar workers are coming right now. There's people at the altar to pray for you. You can get prayed for. You can have someone talk with you. If there's brokenness or difficulty in your life, you need someone to agree with you, come to the altar. Come to the altar and let them pray for you, all right? God bless you. Have an awesome day.